0: Hey Jess. Uh, this is Doug, and yeah I guess i 'm gonna sit up here and do this uh podcast now it 's like probably three thirty in the morning or something like that. I honestly just got done with the live show that I did with uh with Ryan, which was like three and a half hours, and then I talked to him for another like half an hour to an hour um and that was dealing with i want to say of course my uh my project Xenoforce, uh reborn the game that i 'm working on because uh, we did a release last week, and needless to say that the release that we did um I'd say that it was good. It was definitely good. Um, it had mixed, I want to say mixed feelings among the fans. And honestly, it was nothing I didn't expect. And the truth is I had already done podcast episodes that had forced, basically had a foresight into how the fans were going to react. So needless to say, it did not shock me when they did what they did, because I had already said like, look, this is how this is going to be. Now, I'm not claiming to be a prophet or anything, okay? I'm just a black man with some common sense, okay? So, as far as when I deal with my I guess you could call them fan base audience, my groupies, I don't I don't know. Um, and and groupies not in the sense that I'm part of the group, more like they're my following if you want to phrase it like that. Um they're pretty predictable. I mean, they are. And after doing this for so many years now that I've done this, they are highly predictable from a, um, you know, reaction standpoint. Um, and it was funny because, you know, Ryan, who's my partner in terms of working on this project, you know, a lot of times when I go up, when I address him, you know, in terms of things that we do and stuff like that, it's one of those things where I'm like, Hey, Ryan, You know, this is how they're going to react, this is how they're going to be, we need to head this off by doing this, this, and this. So, like, when it comes to game development, you know, not that you would know, but um, I don't know, you could possibly know, but, you know, it depends um, with how much experience you have with games. When it comes to, like, game development and stuff like that, it, it never ceases to amaze me how, you know, the developers, meaning us, will have one outlook on how something works, but then when it's actually delivered to the audience, they, you know, interpretate it in a totally different fashion. You know, so one of the key things, it's, it's almost like creating a movie in the sense where it's like, okay, you have a vision as like the director, you've got this vision. So how close can you get to the audience? Seeing your vision verbatim verbatim, you know, so we do deal with a lot of that just from that end, um as far as uh that goes, and if you're wondering like why does he take like three and a half four hours doing a live show, well, the reason for that literally is because um yeah, it just plays out like that it does there's a lot of content, let me tell you something, there's a lot of content to go through. Um, and I'm never short on words, or at least it seems like in in that aspect, I'm not. Um, but the other thing is, is that I, I guess I would sit up here and say is that there's been a build up to this. You know, there's there's been a, you know, for years now we've we've worked on this project. So like this is me telling my story. But between me and Ryan, honestly, when I do like, you know, uh, conversational pieces, they're normally between like an hour to two hours long. Um, now sometimes I'll break them up into hour long segments if they're going to be like, you know, five or six hours long. Um, uh, but yeah, that's really how it works with me. Um, if if you're wondering, you know, so when, when you're thinking about this whole like podcasting deal, like, okay, how serious is he about podcasting? Um, you know, like how, how does Doug do it? Uh, I actually began podcasting, I think roughly like 2007 ish. I think so. So I've been podcasting for a while now and, um, I, it, for the past two years I haven't podcasted and the only reason why I hadn't podcast is because I had been doing audios with Ryan like two or three times a day for an hour long. Like in other words, it didn't make sense to podcast and to of course do audios with him, you know, and basically what happened was, uh, you know, we got to where we needed to be on our project. So I could do less audios with him, but at the same time, I could also go back to my, you know, my, my base. Now, um, as far as podcasting goes, you know, I've got Robotech fan, which is one that I do. And then, um, which I've got a Robotech fandom that, that I deal with, which Robotech is like a, you know, an anime sci-fi series. I won't really get into it, but you know, you can always like, just look it up online if you want to, um, from like in the 1980s, you might've seen it. I don't, I don't know. Um, or you might've seen it and forgot about it you know, cause that was like a long time ago, back in like 86, you know, 85, 86, which I'm not saying you're old, not saying that at all. You definitely look younger to me. Um, I'm just saying that I now, I, I, like, I know how old I am. Okay. I know how old I am. And, uh, I can definitely tell you that now that I look back on that, I'm like, wow, like I was Destin's age. Like when I watched Robotech, I was Destin's age you know, and, you know, he's only six. So, um, it, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like just one of those things where if you forgot about it, cool. Um, if you have an interest in looking it up, cool. If not, doesn't matter one way or another. Um, I'm quite sure you hang around me long enough and, and I'll start talking about Robotech. That's normally how it goes. Um, but yeah, I have that and then I um, and I have different versions of my Robotech podcast, you know. So I've got like a a fandom one where I basically just talk about fandom issues and stuff like that or people like to. I then have one that deals with um, just the universe itself, technologies and uh story scripting and stuff like that. And then I have like a source one where basically it takes the novels which I never read and I uh play them from a text to audio you know, um, system. And then from there, you know, I just do whatever I'm going to do from that. end. like, whether I want to give, uh, just a straight play and then cut the episode off, or if I want to sit up here and do a review of the chapter or whatever, you know, I've got that. So that's how my RoboTech side of podcasting works out. It's pretty in depth. It's uh, pretty heavy and, you know i just have to look at ways of marginalizing it in terms of time because you only have like 24 hours in a day um but as you can probably tell seeing the fact that it's like 3:34 in the morning and i'm doing this audio with you i'm pretty good on how i do my times like in other words i i've got time to spare or i make time where most people can't um now the other one that i have is Xenoforce you know, for reborn. like that's my new one that i'm actually you know doing and that deals with, of course, the project that I've been working on. So, you know, from that standpoint, um, that, that's all that it really is. And that, that's the one I think I sent you that you listen to. So as you will be able to see, there is a consistency in the way that I talk in terms of, you know, you now and just that podcast. Um, and in the way that I come off and stuff like that, you know, you might be irritated at it. You might go, oh my gosh, I can never... I can't, I can't ever sit up here and meet this guy in person. Or you might sit up here and say, Hey, you know what? Wow. He, he's actually consistent in the way that he talks. And of course, if you want to find out how consistent I really am, you can simply look at, you know, every single episode. I mean, like you you could do that if you wanted to. So uh, consistency is like one of my big things. You know, I'm highly consistent with what I do. Um, I just don't change. That's what it is. I just, I'm just a person who doesn't change. And that's not necessarily a bad thing in my case. Um I can definitely say that definitely in this past year that consistency has paid off. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh if I was not consistent, life would really suck for me right now. Um but being consistent um you know definitely allows me to overcome challenges and and um you know just the the diversities that you deal with in life. I mean y- you get what I'm saying. Um and, and that's just you know, that's just that. So, you know, it, it just is what it is from that standpoint. And I really do, you know, value the the consistency that I have purely based on the fact that it shows a certain level of reliability, you know, trustworthiness and, you know, also, you know, um, the resolve to know that it's going to be done this way because it's been done this way every single time or at least from my end. I mean, like, granted, now, can, like, consistency can work not in your favor if you're a lazy bum. I mean, like, the, you know, so obviously the pendulum can swing both ways here, you know, but I, I tend not to think that I'm a lazy bum seeing the fact that I'm always, you know, active and, and so on and so forth. So getting past that part, okay, which is basically just my lead into this. Um, yeah, this is, this is me talking to you. I mean, like, now don't worry. Okay, I'm going to throw out right now as a uh, as a disclaimer that I'm not trying to, you know, talk some rubbish or um, shall I say some inappropriateness. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to do something like that. That's just kind of weird, awkward, and um, tasteless. And I prefer not to be that. Now, on the tasteless end, I can be tasteless depending on your point of view. I'm not denying that okay, um, I can totally be tasteless based on your point of view. Uh, you know, sometimes I will use examples and you'll be like, did he really just use that as the example? And I'll be like, yes, I did. And it got the point across, didn't it? And that was my whole goal. Um, but I am very direct, very straight, very forward. I don't beat around the bush. Um, if I am beating around the bush, It's normally an implied, like in other words, he's not coming out and directly saying it, but he is directly saying it. It's like one of those kind of things there. Um, but I don't beat around the bush in the sense that, you know, you can't get the point. It just comes down to who am I talking to? What is the best way of communicating with them? And, you know, how fast do I want to get this conversation over with? Or like, how deep do I got to dive into it? You know? Um, so sometimes, you know, I'll just be straight blunt to the point, boom, you will be like, Whoa, like he really just came out and said that. And i will be like, yeah, that was a great conversation. Let's not have it again. You know? Um, or, you know, I'll be like very playful about it, you know? Uh, and the reason for it is I'm wanting to have fun with it. You know, and it's that, that's why I'm not like, you know, just like coming down with a hammer saying, ah, this is what it is. You know, now other times, you know, I will come down with a hammer to get past the conversation because it's just something I don't want to have. And it's like literally a three second conversation that just needs to be had and poof, we're on to something else, you know, cause I'm not like one of those guys that like has to obsess over, you know, the events of the day. I don't, that's just not my deal. You know, stuff happens, you move on. Stuff happens, you move on. More stuff happens, you just keep moving on. I mean, like that's that's basically how this works, you know, in life. And um, you know, you do have to have those, you know, conversations sometimes that you don't want to have. Um but you've also got to move on or move past it, you know, and whatever lessons you learn from it, well that's great. If there was a lesson to learn, or maybe it's a lesson that has to be reiterated, you know, again um and of course having kids you understand that i mean like that's and that's one of the things i actually really like about you is in having kids like you actually you you understand those mechanisms you know um it's it's not easy to you know deal with people that don't have kids that try to see things in the way as if they had kids you know, but you know, having kids, they don't really quite get it. It's kind of like the person who sits up here and says, "Oh, I know all about kids because I take care of my nieces and my nephews," and it's like, no, 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 you don't know about kids. What you know about is fun time, okay? You don't know about the the raising aspect of of, of children, having those conversations that you'd prefer not to have, disciplining them in a way that. You would prefer not to waste your time doing, you know, and in some cases, you know, breaking their precious little hearts in a way that only you can as, you know, mom or dad. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like I said, that's, that's one of the things I value about you is that you, you, you have the mileage, you know, you have that experience. And again, this is where age plays out really well. I mean, obviously if you were in your twenties versus being in your thirties and we were having this conversation, it wouldn't have nearly the validity that it has simply because you would just be a much younger mom, you know? And, um, as I'm, as I'm getting older, you know, as I'm getting older, because believe it or not, I am, I am progressing in age. I'm not getting younger. Um, I'm not degressing. Um, I am finding age is definitely an asset. I do definitely prefer being older than younger, if that makes a lot of sense. Like, I just feel more comfortable being an older adult than I ever did being younger. And um, it's not like there's like an element of uncertainty or something like that that plays into it. It's just being able to have the experience, live the experience, and then being able to definitively say, this is the experience, that's what I like about it, you know, so, so I am, I'm not one of these guys who is, you know, like, 30, trying to live as if you were 20, you know, I'm just not that guy, you know, in the same way that I'm not a guy, you know, who's like, 30 years old looking for a 20 year old, that's not, that's not who I am, or, or what I want, you know, from that end. So, I do value your, your age, your experience, your, your mileage in life. I do. And that's something that I have wanted to tell you. Uh, now I know it's much tougher to tell it to a woman, um, than it would ever be to a man simply because like when you, when you tell it to a guy, normally there's like a, you know the way, the, the way the scenario goes is there's a promotion involved. He's making more money. You know, he gets a touch of gray and everyone throws him a party with a woman when you tell it to her it's like you get a slap in the face because you're not supposed to talk about women in their age except that I honestly don't care about that you know like my mom will sit up here and tell you Doug just does not care about you know uh the social boundaries between like men and women and and um you know how society perceives it and stuff like that like if I think you look a certain way I will tell you that I think you look a certain way. If you're acting a certain way, then I'll tell you you're acting a certain way. Regardless of your, you know, gender, um, or your your mood or anything else, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, I just tell it the way I see it and that's just how it basically goes. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I I really do value that as far as that goes with you because it like I said, it really plays into how you carry on a day-to-day Dealing with somebody, you know, once, when you have kids, it's not the same as not having kids and saying, Oh, I'm going to go out and do whatever I want. Partly because it's all about time management. You know, it is. And, and and then the other part is it's about, you know, how good of a person you are ultimately is going to reflect in the experience that your kids have in this world. i mean, like, it's a major contributor. It's not the only thing. Understand. <clears throat> Sorry. It's not the only thing, but it's part of it, you know, and, 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 and being part of it, you know, you got to look at it for what it is. You got to take it on its merits and stuff like that. And you can be a great mom or you can be a great dad. You can also be a crappy mom or be a crappy dad. It, you know, the, that's the choice that you make, you know, and clearly in your case, you put your boys above everything else, you know, and, and I like that. You know, it's, it's not like you're trying to go out and be somebody or live your life and leave those children behind at home, you know, and not allowing them to live theirs. You know, so when we text and, you know, you tell me how your day is, you tell me about the boys and stuff like that, you know, how the boys, you know, make food for each other or one of them at least does, um how they take care of each other, how they take care of you, how you take care of them, how you guys all clean the house, you know, um, that to me, that that there's just, it's family values. And not only is it family values, but it's the implementation of a family unit, you know, which to me, that, you know, rises above all. It does. You know, now obviously there are other elements that play into that, such as, for example, God. I mean, like, you know, in in the the values from which you you actually build your family values from i mean like of course um I, I don't want to make it sound like you know there's something above god in this case but it is a reflection of what god wants within his household of you know caring and understanding i mean like that's 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 partly what it is right there when it comes to parenting at the very least you know so you know, you're meeting those, those expectations. Um, you know, not that I would necessarily put forth, but you know, just in the way that, you know, God would expect a a mother to be, or, you know, he would expect a father to be, or, you know, a mother and father to be living in the same home, so on and so forth. Like you're meeting those expectations. And again, you know, I don't know if anyone has ever told you, you know, that you do a great job of doing it, but you do, or at least it comes across to me that you do. You know, and again, I'm just one of those people who calls it the way I see it. You know, now, if you were screwing up, I'd be saying that. But obviously, if I were screwing up, I'd be saying I'd be screwing up too, you know, which I think I do a fairly good, you know, fairly good job with my kids. I mean, clearly you do one with, you know, you do a great job with yours. Um. So, like I said, this is not to be a a creeper moment of any kind. I just naturally do audios like I do, you know, and it does throw people, you know, because they'll be like, well, Doug, tell me about this, this, and this in an email. And I'll be like, you know what? I'll do an audio for you. And then I just keep on going. That's what I do. Uh, so like, as far as, I guess the way I would explain this to you, um, audios are a natural thing for me. Because I do podcasting and stuff like that. I do know for most people they are not a normal thing. Um, you don't sit up here and look at someone and say, wow, I'm gonna get like an hour-long audio from this person as a conversational piece versus them just sending me an email. But that's that's basically the way yeah, it really does work. Now there are benefits to that, and there are obviously you know detractors. Like for example, um, if a person is not wanting to, you know, listen to you, for example. Um, which I've never had this issue, but let's just assume that it, it does happen to me. Um, or, at least I'm not aware of this issue ever happening to me. I shouldn't say I've never had this issue. Let's say I'm just not aware of this issue ever happening to me. So, if I say something critical, um, and if they don't get it because they didn't listen to the audio, well, then that can sit up here and throw the whole the whole thing out of whack. But, generally, you know, people do like listening to me. I'm not sure exactly why, Um and it's been proclaimed that I'm in love with my own voice. That's what Ryan likes to sit up here and say. Uh Although I don't know why either. I'm just very thorough in the way that I explain things, you know. And I tend to sit up here and explain the whole thought out, or at least to a point of, you know, a very well-established, um, you know, fact base so that I can sit up here and move on to the next thing. So, like, in other words, I tend not to sit up here and talk in a way where, you know, I just throw out some arbitrary concept and then it's like, wow, that shit came out of left field. And I guess that makes a lot of sense. And then you're like, why did he say that again? That that's just not me. Um, in the way that I I do things is I do think them out, um, think out a method of execution and then of course go to execute it. That's typically how I am as a person. Um, and, and you'll obviously see this reflected in the audio as well. I mean, obviously I wouldn't, be telling you this if I didn't, you know, actually do that. And of course you probably figured that out from the last audio that you heard in terms of that, like three hour long episode that I had actually sent you where I did it live. Now, um, addressing things live. Okay. So like, let's say for example, you know, your next step is, ah, I want to listen to him live. I want to listen to him live. Look, you can listen to me live and not be called out on it. Like, it's not like, Hey, welcome to this episode of Robotech fan or Xenoforce reborn. We've got Jess in the room. How you doing Jess? Like, no, it's not done like that. I mean, like granted, I, I, depending on the audience member, if they want me to acknowledge their presence. Okay. Cause usually people who get on want to talk, will talk, but in all fairness, what I will say is this is in my time of podcasting, I've met many a folks, okay, many a folks that will come into a podcasting group and will just listen. Now, to me, it's kind of creepy, okay, the fact that you would come into a podcasting room and just listen, but this is what they do. They want to be part of the live event, but they just want to be part of the audience in the live event, which is, I would say, interesting to say the least. It is. Um Now, creepy from the standpoint that after... It happens so many times, like on your 50th time of podcasting, you're like, is this person a mute? Do they even speak at all or what? And then you find out what they do. This is typically what they do is they talk to you like after the show's over. And then you're like that first time when they actually talk to you after the show's over, you know, like 50 episodes in, you know, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, dude, you've got, you sound great. Why aren't you, why aren't you talking to me? You know, why Why aren't you allowing people to hear what you have to say? Like, here you are, just typing stuff after the show, t- now talking to me after the show. Get it in during the show. You'll be totally fine. You know, but th- they just happen to be shy. That's what it is. It's shyness. Now, I'm not shy about anything, okay? Um, and I, and I got to throw that out there. I'm definitely not shy about anything. Um, you know, and, and I guess that goes back to the whole thing about my bluntness, uh, my directive, you know direct approach. Now I will say this. I, I am, shall we say tasteful? Yeah, I'm tasteful. I'd like to think I am at least, uh, you know, tasteful in, in, in how I go about things. So it's not like I'm going to walk up to you and be like, girl, you got a nice rack, you know, like, yeah, I may sit up here and, and see, you know, your outer beauty and think, oh, you know what? She's She's really attractive. And and, you know, but be be it in respectable and tasteful bounds. Like, you know, in other words, how would she like to be approached about this? You know, it's not so much about how I would want to approach it. You know, um, and not that I actually go around approaching women like that because I don't. Um, but you get my point of what I'm saying. Like, you know, sometimes guys can be a little tasteless in the way that they actually, you know, approach a woman. And the reason for it is either a they just don't have that much experience in approaching the opposite sex or dealing with the opposite sex, or b they've had so many limited interactions you know just in that given scenario specifically you know that they get over you know um overly hyper and whatnot, and like common sense just goes out the window you know and 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 I can remember when I was younger, you know. Um, and you know, I had my fair share of, of bloopers, I'll, I'll put it like that, you know, with the opposite sex and I'm like, yeah, let's not repeat, repeat that again, you know? Um, and, and really it was just due to the, part of it, I guess you could say was excitement. Um, of course the other part was just the lack of experience, which was a reflection of the excitement, you know, because once when you get older, you get more grounded you realize, hey, you know what? It's, it will work if you make it work. It's not going to work if you don't make it work. I mean, it's just that simple, you know, wishing on a star and all this other nonsense and, and what have you not. None of that plays a role in it whatsoever. It comes down to communication. It comes down to wanting to listen to the other side, wanting to compromise if compromise is needed. Um, but also having someone that has those same kind of values that you have. You know, and and that's one of the things that I, again, I like about you is that you and I share, you know, pretty much the same values are close enough to the same values. Um, now from a value perspective, what I would say is I am, uh, you know, definitely, uh, a traditionalist. Okay. I, I am a traditionalist, uh, sorry, traditionalist. There we go. Um, not meaning to run my my letters together there, but traditionalist, um, and, you know, basically I'm a person who believes that, you know, there are roles to play, um, whether you're talking about inside the home, outside the home, um, you know, there are, you know, laws of morality that you have to abide by, uh, I do believe that, um, I, I don't believe necessarily in, the roles that sexes play, okay? And, and what I mean by that is this. I I don't believe in the concept that a mom can be a dad and a dad can be a mom. I believe that there are two different roles in the way that they they function. And of course, as children get older and go through their shall we say teenage years, okay, you've been there, I've been there before, obviously, I bet you were a hottie when you were a teenager, total hottie like you are now, Um, I, I don't believe that, you know, mom can be dad, and dad can be mom, now, I do believe that there is kind of like a universal ground that they can both stand on, okay, as parents, and say, okay, as the dad, this is the way I can deliver it to you, as the mom, this is the way I can deliver it to you. Now, of course, you can always sit up here and point out that, you know, you have different personality types and things like that, that can basically sometimes blur the lines of, you know, the traditional, you know, male role versus female role. But there does come a point where, you know, just in general, dad is dad in the way that dad can come across and engage with kids in the same way that mom is mom, in the same way that, you know, mom can come across and engage with kids, you know. So like a lot of the times, of course, you find mom is, you know, more nurturing. She's more caring, um, so on and so forth. Dad is just more matter of fact, you know. He's sitting there in his chair with his glasses on, reading glasses on, reading the paper, you know, and then the kids come in to talk to him and he just looks up from the paper and then starts talking. You know, mom, on the other hand, is, you know, in the kitchen, you know, baking cookies or whatever it is, you know, apple pie. I don't know. Um, now, also, let's just be honest here. Those are, shall I say, Caucasian, you know, stereotypes that I'm going with there, okay? And a, I can definitely tell you in a black home, it works a little differently, okay? I can definitely say that. Um, but also I, I didn't grow up in a white home, so I don't even know if that's just made for TV or if it's made as the real deal, you know? So, I mean, obviously I do have some white interaction. Um, and look, there we go with the race thing. Now it's like, oh my God, he really brought race into this, didn't he? Um, but no, seriously, you know, it's obviously different cultures, uh, different cultural backgrounds and stuff like that do set things up, you know, in a different way. Um, so like, for example, Um, in, you know, like in black culture, the women normally eat at the same time as the men do where, you know, the, the meal is prepared, everything is set up, you know, and and the women sit down with the men and actually eat. That's how it works. And if there aren't enough seats, then guess what? The man is the one who's standing. That's typically how it works. Or... I will say the person who cooks may be the person who's standing. Um, but typically men have enough common sense that if the women have been slaving over the, over the, um, you know, the kitchen per se, no pun intended, they're slaving, um, that they need to take a load off and actually, you know, rest and eat. I mean, like, that's just how, how it works. Um, I have found in other cultures, that's not the case. Where men will sit down and eat, and women will just stand there and watch them, and then we'll eat after. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, so you know, again, obviously when we talk about like the traditional gender rules and stuff like that, um I I don't subscribe to that. You know, and even if I were in somebody's house, that would be the kind of thing where I'd have to be like, no. All right. You made this food with us, uh, you you know, like, she made this food for us, therefore, she's going to sit down and eat with us. It's that simple. And if we don't have enough seats, then I will stand. You know, that's just the kind of person I am. So, although I do believe in traditional roles, I also believe that there's just a, like, core courtesy An understanding that you have to have where if the role doesn't really make sense, then why go with the role? You know, so for example, if you are a single mom, okay, it it doesn't make sense to go with the concept of saying, okay, I'm going to be raising my kids, but I'm only going to take it from a mother's perspective and not try to see it from how a father would actually see it you know, that wouldn't make sense. Like you, in in that sense, yeah, you got to sit up here and try to fill the role or say, okay, well, this is how a a woman sees it, but how does a man actually see it? And that kind of thing. And I do know for a fact, yes, no, men and women do not sit up here and see things the same way. We don't, Uh, trust me, I'm going through that right now, you know, and I, it's, it's a mind, it, it blows my mind sometimes. Um, you know, women are definitely more personable, um, they're definitely more emotional. You know, they are. That doesn't make them bad. You know, men are more straightforward, logical thinking. Um, it's all ones and zeros with us. The emotion is taken out of us. Uh, usually when m- emotions involve, things go wrong with guys. That's just how it works. Um, and women are better at balancing their emotions than men are. Actually, I, I do believe that. I think that men can be emotional But the problem is, is because we don't deal with our emotions, I would say, in the way that women do, okay, on a day-to-day basis, you know, sometimes we just stupidly blow things out of proportion um, because we allow our emotions to get to us where normally we wouldn't, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that that justifies... All right. Now I want to make that clear here. That doesn't mean that that justifies acts of stupidity. Okay. And it doesn't mean you can go out and hurt somebody. It doesn't mean that, that you can go out and do something stupid. Okay. What I'm saying is it goes back to the, all that, that whole hyper thing I was talking about. You know, when men get hyper, you know, um, normally they just do something stupid, you know, now it, it it doesn't, change whether you're a man or a little boy that is just guys in general okay so like my son sometimes he'll he'll get hyper and I'm like oh man you got to cut this out and I'm like what are you doing you normally don't do this stop it so on and so forth and then he'll keep going and then he'll keep going and then finally you gotta just like hey Dustin cut it out now bam you know Or Devin on the other hand you know even if Devin gets hyper It still is within her bound of character, you know, and, and and partly it is due to the fact that she really is a girly girl. You know, with some boyish elements to her, I guess you could say, in terms of, you know, you normally don't see girls who deal with, you know, certain forms of entertainment, like dinosaurs and stuff like that, in the way you do with boys. It's traditionally been thrown to a boy's corner but as I'm finding out now, um, girls like it just the same. Uh, now I have found, I have found that, yeah, boys don't play with Barbies. They don't. Nope. Doesn't happen. Okay. Uh, my son in no way, shape, or form has any, any interest whatsoever to play with dolls. He barely plays with action figures, you know, and and that's just, again, the concept of gender roles, um, where Devin, she doesn't really play with dolls either, unless she's going to cut their hair. She did that, like, two weeks ago, and I was like, oh, my God. Or, no, I'm sorry, last week. Um, and, uh, needless to say, she didn't get her new toy because she did that. I told her not to do it. And she went ahead and did it, and I was like, fine, well, you're not getting your new toy now because you sat up here and cut your toy's hair. But, you know, again, you know, for her, it's like her little her little Shopkins or littlest pet shops or My Little Ponies or whatever, and, um, you know, acting out, like, little drama scenes and stuff like that, and you know, that's, that's girls being girls, you know, I, I assume that's, that's how I look at it, um, and that's what she also sees in her internet videos, you know, like the little, the videos that she'll sit up here and watch for, like, kids, which, you know, some of them are, are, are geared towards boys, some are geared towards girls, you know, um, she loves those baby videos, oh my god, or those cat videos, oh my god, those cat videos, terrible, terrible, terrible stuff, um, She's addicted to the videos. Uh, Now, of course, you know, you got to be being a good parent, weighing out the time, you know, weighing out the time where, um, yeah, you get to get some, you get some, you know, tablet time, some electronic time. Then you're going to take your butt outside and play. That's what you're going to do because you're going to burn that energy. That's what you're going to do. Burn the energy. And I'm all about them feeling the burn. No pain, no game. So I do like my kids to, uh, stay active. I do physically active that is. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's not about making them stay active for the sake of of staying active. It's what do you want to do activity wise that keeps you going? I mean, like, do you want to cut? Do you want to paste? Do you want to color? Do you want to dig in the mud? I mean, like, I don't care, you know, as long as we make it work the way it needs to work because you're not going to be sitting, staring at this screen anymore, you know, you're going to have to get up and do things, um, but also, when my son plays video games, I make him stand, so he can play his video games all he wants to, as long as he stands up, you know, and then he does this weird, like, I'm going to play the game, I'm going to move like the game, I'm going to dance while I play the game, even though it's not a dance game, and everything's going to work out fine, dad, and that's what he does, and I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it, so, you know, from that standpoint, it, again, you know, being a parent, it works out just fine. So that is that. Okay. On that end now. All right. Let's, let's talk about you. Okay. Let's talk about you. This is probably where you get a big old smile on your face and you're like, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Now, if you do the head palm thing where you put your head, uh, uh, your hand, like, you know, the palm of your hand to your head and go, oh, this guy's hopeless. I I understand. I understand. Um, yeah, so, like I said, I'm totally digging the age. I like the fact that you're, like, a year older than me. I think, honestly, that is pretty hot. I do. I I like it. So, you know, where most guys would say, and actually, no, you know, I wouldn't even say that's true. Because guys really don't care about age. You know what? Now that I think about it, I don't think I've, yeah, we don't, we don't care about age. At least I don't you know, but I do think it's, I think it's great. Um, you know, this, this isn't a case where I'm talking to some ditzy, like, you know, 20 year old and I just, I'm using 20 as just a generic number here, obviously. Um, but a a 20 year old and, you know, listening to her life story or her trying to convey her life story to me. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You haven't lived a day in your life yet. And you really don't have any experiences to speak to. Like, I like the fact that you have experiences to speak to. Regardless if they're favorable or non-favorable, they still are what make you who you are at your core being. Like, they help define who you are as Jess. They do, you know. Now, on the flip side of that, it, you know, based on your life experiences, maybe you want to talk about them. Maybe you don't, you know, and everybody obviously goes through different experiences, you know, and to that point, I do understand, you know, when you don't want to talk about something that's like overly personal or something like that. And, um, I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it doesn't offend me or anything. It's just, you know, it takes time. And if it ever needs to be spoken and and that's something also. Sometimes, you know, and I'm I'm learning this now that I'm in my, you know, my mid 30s, uh I'm learning now that sometimes things just don't need to be spoken. And that's like one of the key things that I, I that I've kind of figured out in my in my, you know, 30s that I didn't know in my 20s, which you know, when you're younger, you feel like everything needs to be said. Everything needs to be put out there. Everything just needs to be drilled down on. You know, as, as you get, as you're, you're younger and you get older, you know, you definitely get onto that drilling down thing. Like everything's just gotta be laid out there. But then you get to a point where you realize it doesn't change a thing. You know, and now I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I realize that, you know, um, or I'm becoming, it's not so much that I realize as I'm becoming accustomed to the idea, you know, of not needing to have like the last say, or not needing to even have the conversation at all. If it, if it doesn't breed any, any real results, you know, um, that is just effectively just a waste of, of of time, if it's not going to change the final outcome. It's not that it makes you a weaker person or something like that. It's just that it's just not a waste. It's it's just not, you're just not going to waste your time dealing with it. You know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that's where I, I kind of feel like, Hey, this is, you know, this is, it's just a very interesting phase of, of, I'd say my life that I'm going through as far as, as that goes. But, um, you know, for you, for you, oh, you're a different case. Um, obviously being older than me. You know, you you have much, much greater wisdom than I have. You know, that whole year you got going on me. Girl, that can, that can make a big difference. But honestly, you know what has amazed me the most is like. You don't seem. You don't seem as if it's necessarily. How shall I phrase this? In no way, shape, or form does your age reflect to you. Like, if I were to sit up here and listen to what you say, I mean, you, you it, it's clearly experience, right? It's experience. It, 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 it's not inexperience, okay? Which I don't think age necessarily comes with experience. I believe experience is dictated by events. That's why. That's how I how I look at that, okay? Um, and I believe that. Events define age. That's that's how I actually look at that. So when I when I say that twenty year old or when I say younger, that's basically a a marker of experience. There, that's that's what I'm saying there. When when I just so I can clarify that for you. Um, But yeah, in the way that you you know you come across, definitely, you know the the you talk from a standpoint of clearly experience. You do, you know. Um you talk from a person who's learned from experience, which is just which is just amazing. But then I want to say, just like you, you know, your look, your, you know, just just your appeal, it's none of it speaks to that age whatsoever, as in a number. You know, it doesn't speak in terms of a number. And and, you know, I I don't look at you and go, wow, she's she's older. She's old or anything like that. It just doesn't, it doesn't register, you know? And it could be that we're so close to age that, that, that has a lot to do with it right there, you know? And, and the only reason why I bring up the age thing is simply because I know how, like when we text, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, da, 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 you know? But I think honestly you're, you're doing just fine. And also, you know, having your, your fourth one and just again, you know again you're 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 making it look good, I mean you're making it look good, you make it look so easy, you know no, I know obviously you know pregnancy is not an easy thing, um but you just you make it look so good, you really do you know it it's 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 not like you're four sizes not even four sizes, but we'll say like forty sizes too big or something like that it, it's, it's not like you're not proportionalized to what you should be, I mean, you got, you know, beautiful face, you've got, you know, beautiful structure, you know, and yeah, that's, that's how I phrase it, body structure, I, I throw it out there, um, but no, you just, you know, it comes across very appealing, it does, you know, and, and again, like I've already stated to you, I'm not a guy with a pregnancy fetish or something crazy like that, um, but I mean, women can be pregnant and they can be beautiful. I mean, that's just a reality of it. it it'd be kind of silly that that they wouldn't be beautiful when they're pregnant, only because this is the stage in which you know you're bringing life into the world. Like, and and that's something as a guy I can't do. You know, not that I'm envious because I'm. I'll be honest with you, I'm not. You know, I'm not built or wired that way. So there's no point in me. You know, hating on you for it and and to that point even if i were you know a woman just hypothetically speaking here i still wouldn't be hating you or hating on you for it because i mean the act itself is just such an amazing thing it really is especially like when they come out and they're and they're squinting their eyes and they're just trying to figure out like you know what's going down here what's going down and then the only thing they recognize is a voice. And then from there, they either make the choice that they're going to just close their eyes and act like you don't exist. Or they're going to open your open their eyes and try to see you for who you are, you know. And that's, you know, that's that's what I love about the whole birth given, you know, uh process there. You know, It could just be me, but I, I really enjoyed that, especially with uh, Destin. Devin was the same way, too, though. She was. Um, but yeah, you're on your fourth, on your fourth. And you know, it's cool if we call him winner. look, it's okay. It's okay. I understand, you know, um, but if you guys obviously end up, you know, making the choice for what you make, obviously I'd be cool with that too. i just, yeah, on the spelling thing, I'm glad that we all had a consensus on the spelling thing because, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, fun about, when you spell the name one way and then everybody else wants to spell it another way. And then it's like, okay, well what's natural in the form of the spelling. And then you're like, ah, why didn't we just do this? And of course it's like later on, you can't change it. Or if you are going to change it, it's just going to cost a lot of money, you know, that whole thing. But yeah, just make sure, yeah, you got the spelling down. Perfect. However you guys are going to pull that off. Um, and I do wonder, are you really going to leave it up to like a vote or in the end, are you just going to do what you want to do? Because for some reason, I kind of see you as pulling a... I sat up here and just pushed, you know, this little human out. It was me, me, me. Everyone else was just standing around. And I think that I should be the one that names it. You know, him. That is him. And then you sort of just throw out a name. Like I kind of feel like at the end, it's going to be like a... Just a whatever you feel like kind of deal, you know. Um of course I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, you could sit up here and, and, you know, have like a little cup and everybody writes down the name they want. They all, you know, fold the piece of paper, stick it in a little cup. And then, you know, one of them, you know, one of them counts it, you know, you could do that. Um But I, I just, for some reason, I just don't see the democratic process actually working out in this once when it comes down to the amount of labor that you had to put into it versus everybody else. And I think you know what I'm saying there. I I'm just I'm just saying I think you know what I'm saying. So if you do decide to change the name up on the fly based on, you know, the process of labor, don't worry. I won't hold it against you. I won't hold it against you. You know, I won't. Um but no, like I said, I think that you know pregnancy is is a beautiful thing, and you can't knock it. And and here's the whole thing: kids don't get to choose their parents; parents get to choose their kids. That's typically how it works, you know, um, if you want to look at it like that. And um, I can I I definitely understand you know going through you know some of the rougher times that you've gone through you know that like this here can definitely be just like a, a new beginning for you you know, and the way that it works, you know, this is like just a fresh start, um, you know, a brand new chapter. And, and again, I, I personally like the idea of that. So I, like I said, I, like when you first told me, you know, when you told me you were seven weeks pregnant and I was like, really, that's it. That's all you got to say. Like, that's the, that, that's the bomb that you're, you're, you know, you're dropping on me here. Cause that's not much of a, you know, that's not much of a, a bomb as far as I'm concerned. I mean, like, you know, it's, you do adult things, adult things happen. That's how I look at it, you know. Um and uh you know, I so far have enjoyed, you know, what you've been willing to share as far as your your pregnancy goes and obviously mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes from there. So, we have that. Um, you know, the other thing I would say is and we haven't really talked about it yet is um you know, faith. You know, I really like the fact that you do keep the faith. I do. Um, I I think that that's just, out of everything, realistically, I'd have to say that is by far the most exhilarating thing about you. It is the most exhilarating thing about you. Um, You know, you don't, you don't see that that often. You really don't. Um, and one of the biggest disappointments and one of the reasons why I wasn't honestly surprised that my marriage wasn't going to last is simply she didn't have the faith. Like it just wasn't there. And it's like, you say it just so you can be with that person who otherwise wouldn't, you know, would look elsewhere, which is true. I mean, like it, for me, you know, it's gotta be there. Cause if it's not there, then I'm, you know, ultimately I'm wasting my time. But honestly, how in the world can I sit up here and ask God to take care of me if I'm not willing to sit up here and build a foundation that respects him? You know, that, that, and that's just really the reality of how that actually works. Like you can't, you, you can't sit up here and say, Hey Lord, you know, I want you to, you know, bless me, bless my children. You know, uh, in their time and need, take care of them. You can't ask him to do those things if you are going to turn away from him. It just doesn't work like that. Now, in some cases, he'll still bless you, you know, in the means that you're going to come back. You're going to figure it out. But sometimes it doesn't work like that, you know, and, and once when you're there, you can't turn away. Like once when you, when you've acknowledged who he is, yeah, you can't push him away, you know, and, um, you know, the faith aspect is, is ultimately, you know, what it's, what it's really all about, or at least I think it is. Um, I think that that's the most important thing, especially from a parenting perspective. Like if, if you're, if you're wondering like, you know, Hey Doug, what do you, you know, what do you think is the most important thing that you can do as a parent? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's establishing that relationship between, you know, your children and God. That's exactly what it is. You know, because everything else falls into place after that, you know, because it's really easy to sit up here and say, you know, I love my kids. And it's easy for kids to say, well, you know, I love my, I love my mom. I love my dad. Um, but then of course the kids ultimately ask, well, where does love come from? And what is, you know, what is the true definition of love? You know, because it gets thrown around so so randomly and whatnot, Um, and it is overly used. I mean, it's definitely overly used. That you know, you once when kids you know find out that you know love comes from God, and without God, there is no love. You know that that's that's the first hallmark right there that you got to deal with. The second one, of course, is you know how are you to you know love. And of course, the Bible teaches you how to love, you know, um, all too often when kids get older, you can definitely tell the difference between kids who, who, who actually had a proper upbringing and kids who didn't have a proper upbringing, um, based on their concepts of love. Like if you think that love is where you go out and just have sex with somebody just because you love them, then obviously you you don't know what love is. You know that makes no sense whatsoever. Like you don't sleep with people just because you love them. That's that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, now, you can love someone, and you can, based on that love and compatibility, build a future with them and make them a lifelong partner. And in that respect, yeah, you go out and you, you know, you you sow your oats with them. You you. Um, you know, basically reap your harvest. Can I, can I, can I phrase it like that? See, look at that. I'm pretty, pretty fair to what I am when I text. Uh, But no, no, yeah, you reap the harvest, you know, that you've sown and so on and so forth uh, from a procreation perspective. But like, you know, seriously, you you can't be like, oh, you know what? I'm in love with her. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to sit up here and, and have my fun with her, because I love her, I mean, like, no, it it doesn't work like that, or, and, or in the same way that, you know, it'd be like, you know, I'm in love with him, so I'm going to sit up here and treat him to a night of love and passion, like, no, that's not, that's not what it is, that's called lust, first off, it's, it's called lust, secondly, it, it's, it's just stupid decision making, and thirdly, you know, you do adult things, you pay adult consequences, that's what happens. It's that plain, that simple, you know, and we all get to a certain, you know, point in our lives where we realize that. Not everybody realizes it up front and and, and I get that, you know. And some people it takes longer than others, and I you know, and I get that too. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where like I said, faith is, is very important. You know, God's love is, is very important. And you know, in the, in this first audio, I promise I'm not going to sit up here and hammer you down on, on, uh, on that kind of stuff there. And provided you're even going to let me send you a second one, you might be like, oh no, I can't sit up here and take this anymore. I, I can't sit up here and have him send me another one. This is, this is just too weird. But, um, no, you know, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say hi yeah, just, just, just say hi and, you know, show that some of the things that we do talk about, obviously, um, or, or text, I should say text, you know, can definitely roll over in a conversational, you know, uh, fashion. And this is how I do it, you know, now you don't have to send me back a reply audio. Okay. That's not how this works. It's me sending it to you, not you sending it to me. You know. Um, although I am curious to how your voice sounds, I have to admit that I am curious to how your voice sounds. You know. I mean, I could, I could probably attempt to guesstimate it based on how you text, but I'm quite sure that my voice that you hear here is nothing like the way I text. And, and allow me to address that just real quick. Like the reason to why I do come off better in obviously like an audio setup like this versus a texting one is, is not that I'm bad at texting. It just comes down to texting is not natural. It's just not, I mean, like talking is natural. Um, texting would be natural if you couldn't talk, you know, and everybody understood a universal language. Uh, of texting, but it's not, you know, and also it's over cumbersome, no matter how great your phone is, so on and so forth, um, but yeah, it's just not, it's just not natural, you know, um, and it's not that I have a problem with texting, I don't, don't get me wrong, I love texting you, okay, I love texting you, all right, and I love when you send me pictures too, you know, just, just throw out a little gratitude that way, you know, just, Stone out a little gratitude, yeah, I like the pictures that you send um and and no, I'm not about you sending me pictures and then me hoping that there's a boob shot in there. that's not how it really is. I promise you that that is not who I am um, I just know that you know with your pregnancy you got you, you got that limited window, you know where obviously your body's going through changes and stuff like that, so I gotta take it while I can, you know get my little jabs in while I can, cause otherwise I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, although I'm quite sure that even after the pregnancy, I'll probably be still saying, Hey girl, what about that rack? You know, I'm quite sure I will, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's just, audio is just more natural for me. Talking is more natural. You know, it's, and it's, it's about a conversation. You know, and, 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 look at it like this. You know, if I'm able to do this good without someone talking to me on the other side, like this right here, you can imagine how good my conversation is going to be when you actually talk to me. You know, now you might actually think I'm just a blithering idiot and and that's cool. You know, I mean, that happened. Well, I'd say it's cool to an extent. Let me, let me rephrase that. I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's, it won't be cool if you, if you're like, Oh my God, I can't talk to this fool. And then you don't want to talk to me like that would suck, but I mean, it doesn't phase me. Um, as far as, you know, if it's like, I don't know, what would he sound like if we actually talked person to person or, you know, can he really carry on a conversation this good? Uh, you know, person to person. Now you might sit up here and think this guy just talks too much. Oh my God. This guy just doesn't shut up. Like he talked for an hour straight and I don't think he took a single breath. Um, no, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where this is, I, I'm so used to doing it. I'm so refined in doing it, you know, that it, that it, to a degree, I would say is a misrepresentation. I mean, although, no, I do actually talk like this in real life. I do, but, um, it's also one of those things where I would say, don't look too deep into it you know, don't look too deep into it. Um, because you know, keep in mind it, it comes down just to the topic at hand. It does. And and this is basically just my introduction to you, you know, that, and, and that's what I would say is that it, this is like my introduction to you and in, in terms of how I want to come across to you, you know, now I can't really wait until we really start getting into, you know, conversations like for example, you know, uh God or, you know, um parenting or kids or you know, what we consider to be a fun time or whatever, whatever, you know, it you know, whatever it is. Um and it's not like as shallow as what this you know, this uh I don't want to call it an episode, although normally that's what I would call it is an episode. Um shallow as what this episode was. But yeah. I just, like I said, I told you I would do it, and yeah, I went ahead and did it, and um, you know what you ought to do, you ought to sit up here and give me a list of questions, there you go, give me a list of questions, and I can answer the questions, ha ha, see, and and, and then it can work that way, Um, but no, I am interested to see, you know, to hear what you sound like, I am, I am, but you know, it all takes time, I mean, it's, you know, you move at your own pace. Like I said, I'm not going to sit up here and, you know, force you into anything. Um Not that you could be forced into anything, because you are, you know, like a grown-ass woman, and you can do what you want to do, so that doesn't really change much of anything. But um you get my point of what I'm saying. I, I'm not trying to apply pressure or anything like that. And I honestly didn't know, like, when, when I offered you the idea of this, if you thought, like, oh, he's becoming impatient, oh no, he's trying to pressure now you know, he's, you know, he's wanting to move, you know, faster or whatever, whatever. And no, that's not what it is. It's just like, this is like legitimately how I am, you know, and, and it does throw people sometimes, like I said, when like they say, ah, oh, hit me up in an email and I'm like, no, nah, I'll do it audio and we'll do it like that. Um, and, and that's because typing words on paper or sending them in a text or sending them in an email doesn't come across the same way, because when you're reading it to yourself, it sounds a certain way to you, it comes off a certain way to you, versus when I actually articulate it myself, it's entirely different, you know, it's entirely different, so yes, as the last black Republican, um, you know, yeah, you got your first impression of me, um, now what i 'll do is i 'm not going to sit up here and try to bore you with three hours of video or in this case three hours of audio um, so with uh that being said, until next time you take care jess all right bye bye lucky land casino asking people what 's the weirdest place you 've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess hi in my dentist 's office.